Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Lee Vaughn, and it has been a minute. I am so sorry. I always say that. I'm really sorry, but legitimately, I have a good excuse. Well, work is one thing, but I've also been sick. I have flu. I still have the flu, I guess, according to the doctor. I feel much better today. No, I did. I woke up with like a raging headache and I didn't sleep great last night, but it's been better than it's been in like the last, I don't know, five days. So yeah, I missed my last three days of work um, out with the sick, out with the sick, out with the flu. It's the influenza A. Ironically, I had this exact same flu this time last year, almost to the day, I tested positive for influenza A. So I missed my last week of work last year as well, um, right before we went into Christmas break. So um, yeah, it sucks. It was a lot of like body aches and a really, really bad sore throat. Like you would kind of think it was more like strep, like swallowing was hell. It's like felt like I had razor blades in my throat. Um, But I'm doing much better. And it's weird because last year, the year prior, I had not gotten the flu shot for whatever reason. I don't know. I was being stubborn. So because I got the flu last year, I thought, no, this year I'm going to get the flu shot because I don't want to deal with that damn flu that I got last year. And I still got it. (laughs) I still got it. I would say it wasn't quite as bad as it was last year, but um, I still got it. And it was still the same flu. I tested positive for influenza A both times. So I don't know. Still going to get my flu shot, you know, this August, September, 2024. And cross my fingers that this doesn't happen three years in a row. Okay, let's get to it. Um, so much to talk about. I'm going to have to like to, I'm going to do two podcasts before I promise before the end of the year, because um, I need to break these up. Otherwise, I'm going to talk for like an hour and a half and I have to get going. My son has a basketball game that we have to leave for in like 30 minutes. But um, I wanted to first of all, thank Misty Diane for the coffee. Thank you. I think it was for a coffee. Thank you so much. I love you. And she has an Instagram called leftover homestead. If you like livestock, well, chickens, I guess if you like chickens, um, she shows her chickens every day. There's 12 of them and they're all female hens. They all have really cute names like, um, uh, Genevieve and Reba. I'm trying to think of all their names so cute. I can't think of them all right now. But anyways, she knows them all by name. They're all different colors. Some are the same, but there's like a variety of them. They have a cute hutch that they go in and out of and she locks them up at night. And um, she goes through this whole routine every day. And it's like, it's kind of like one of those things that you know, you can go to and watch if you want, because it's always there. She does her little nighttime routine with them every day. And um, it's just enjoyable. It's like one of those things that's just joyous like it makes me happy just to see her with her chickens interacting with her chickens you don't see her so much you just hear her voice um but she's so so sweet with the chickens and i've always wanted chickens myself so um i'm kind of living vicariously through her and watching her uh chickens when i can get a chance to watch the nighttime routine but it's fun and they're so cute they come running to her they run to her it's so cute uh okay so thank you misty diane um i have to say somebody asked about my lipstick and wanted to know what i was wearing it's called it's this is it it's revlon i think yeah revlon rimmel Oh my God, Rimmel. Oh no, it's not, but I can't read it. I'm so blind. Oh my gosh. Well, it's Heather Shimmer and it's number 66. I got these on Amazon. You can't find these in the store anymore. 
but that's what the top of it looks like. If you're on YouTube, you can see. I, I think it's Revlon. Uh, I'm trying to look at the small print here. Everything is not saying Revlon, even though I thought it was Rimmel. Yeah, it's Revlon. There we go. I thought that's, I think that says Revlon. Anyways, that's what I wear. I've worn it for years. And um, my, my daughter, Ryan, found more of it online. So I just get it online. And it's actually really inexpensive online. Way less than I used to pay in person. So that's what it is. Um, let's see. I just wanted to say hi and thank you to all of my nice listeners who say nice things to me and are um, fun to interact with online. I really appreciate all of the fun interaction because uh, otherwise I wouldn't do this if nobody was listening. But there are really nice people that listen and interact and have like they, they like um, relate to my stories and comment on them and how they've gone through something similar or they like laughed at something I said and that always is fun to hear and fun to read. Um, a funny little thing I had to mention, I have to mention before I get into my trip to uh, New, Orleans, New, New Orleans, New Orleans, oh my God, you know what? When I was there, I never had to say it once. I don't know why it never came up, but when I talk about it on here, I can never remember how to say it. Anyways, um, I, I, when I do my hair in the morning, I start, well, first of all, I let it dry curly, frizzy curly, like, you know, it looks like not so pretty. And then when it's dry, I start doing the big curl. I use a curling iron that's like 400 degrees. I think it's a one inch rod and I just make big, you know, curls all not big, but like one inch curls. Like you can see these curls, right? So I start off right at the top. That's my first one that I do. I separate my hair. I put the curling iron. I do, you know, my, I wrap it around and, and that's my first curl. But if I don't put a roller in my hair, like a plastic roller, this will start to kind of fall forward and I don't like the way it looks. So I put a plastic roller. I've learned to do this, you know, like the old fashioned kind that you put a pin, you know, um, um, bobby pin through after you like wrap your hair in it. So it's all wrapped like this and it stays up like that. So I did my hair the other morning when I went to uh, work and I, Owen drove to school and then I took the car and I drove to work and I got to work and I was talking to my coworker, Andy. And after about a minute or so, she says, now, did you know that you have a roller in your hair or were you doing that on purpose? I said, oh my God, I literally drove, well, driving's not a big deal. It's actually none of it's really a big deal, but I did walk into the school with a big giant roller in my hair and just had a conversation with my coworker. Like it was totally normal. I'd never shown up with a curler in my hair before. Um, I died laughing and I couldn't believe I did that, but yeah, it's so comfortable. I forgot it was even there. So that was, <laughs> uh, thank you, Andy, for, uh, pointing that out. Otherwise I would have probably worn it all day. Um, people have asked if I'm still talking to Annie, Eric's ex. Yes, for sure. We talk pretty much daily. Um, we are in each other's lives and, um, chit chat about just all girl things. And we have a really nice time, uh, just, you know, getting to know each other and sharing our stories and just even just, you know, daily stuff. Um, I don't want to give him an ego, but sometimes of course we, the, the X comes up and we, uh, compare notes about things and, um, it's comforting to know, you know, that what I saw, she saw and what she saw, I saw and all of that. So, um, yeah, she's awesome, man. I can't believe like, <laughs> like how, how well we get along and, how cool she is and yeah, life is weird. <laughs> life is weird. So yes, I'm absolutely still talking to Annie. For those that don't know, 
um, she started dating the man that I was with for six years and, um, he did not give me HIV, not him. Um, but anyways, it was the guy that I was married to briefly and, uh, in Montreal. And anyways, she had dated him more recently and, um, and yeah, they broke up. He did some shady shit and she reached out to me, um, you know, didn't know how I would res respond to her reaching out to me, but we, you know, I was like, wow, can I call you? And then that was it. We just were like, you know, inseparable kind of ever since. So, um, yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about, well, not about her, but about him. So anyways, that's how we met. And so how ironic, like we, we dated the same guy, you know, and now we're, we're good friends. Wouldn't it be that way though? Like that's how women are really. Yeah. It's better when we like join link elbows then you know not there was no reason not to get along so it was just yeah we both were in the same boat so anyways hi annie if you're listening to this um let's see i don't think i ever talked about taylor swift i have i not i don't think i've talked about her i okay i gotta say the old taylor swift the one that did interviews from the past and i don't there's something about her that i couldn't stand i just thought she was stuck up and i just didn't enjoy her at all. I liked her songs, you know, yeah, it's Taylor Swift. She's popular, whatever. I didn't really care. So when she, I knew the concert was coming around, um, to, I think I already talked about this, that I was gonna, I was considering buying tickets and then I'm like, man, eh, do I really want to see Taylor Swift? I think she does a lot of country stuff and eh, I'm not going to see it. Cause that was my thing this last year is that I wanted to get tickets to whatever concert I saw online that looked good and I, I was just going to go to everything. Little did I know that these tickets would become so hard to get and they would be so expensive. So anyway, I didn't end up getting them. And then I didn't even get what all the Taylor Swift hype was about. I'd see all these things on TikTok with all these like mobs of people like going through the, uh, the, 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 you know, going up to their seats at the concert or leaving the concerts or getting in the subway or whatever, like mobs of people singing her songs word for word. And I and dressed in all their sequins and boas. And I thought the whole thing was so stupid. I'm like, whatever, let them have their fun. Uh, not my thing. So then I'm like, I told my daughter, I want to see the movie. I've got to see the movie because I have been digging some of her songs. I've been putting them on my TikToks, not TikToks, more like my Instagram stories. I've been using her songs because they come up, you know, as popular songs to use. And um, like Cruel Summer, I didn't even know that came out in 2019, but I started to kind of like that song. And then um, Are You Ready For It? Bam, bam, bam. That song they used for uh, Nick Bosa, who's from the 49ers, they used that song for a very enjoyable clip of him warming up for the Niners. And he's a big, beefy, muscular guy. And it was just the perfect song. And at first, I didn't even know that was her. Again, it's like these songs keep coming up. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was her. So Joey and I go to the concert uh, movie at, in Santa Cruz and we got the recliner seats. There's hardly anyone else there. Just some other women my age sitting down the row from us, like five of them. And that was it. Um, okay. I'm not going to go into it, into, you know, all, all the detail, but it changed me. It changed me. I was completely a Swifty. I was totally taken in by it. The concert was unreal. It's like a Broadway show. She is phenomenal. I can't, I don't know. Like everything I thought about her from the past was gone. It was like she was like this new person to me now. And I was in love with everything she did. I loved her music. Oh my God, that song, um, Betty. Oh my God. She's in this like tree house singing the song, playing her guitar. She's in this beautiful like, you know, green dress that's like very like 
foresty looking because that's the that's the backdrop of this the set that they have. I mean, the sets, the set, the, all the sets that they do, the changes are amazing, and that um, concert movie. By the way, apparently that was filmed at SoFi Stadium in LA. They filmed for six nights in a row, so she had six concerts in a row. Um, in LA, and they obviously used all the best footage, put it together, and made this two and a half hour movie. I guess her concerts are more like three and a half hours. The girl is amazing. Like the fact that she's doing that for three and a half hours, there's so much to remember, like with her her dance moves, the next song coming up, like all her little hand movements, everything works with the beat. I mean, she's always in perfect sync with everybody. Um, the way she speaks to the crowd, she's in full control. She's a badass. I am sorry. The girl deserves all the praise for everything. I, I don't think she, I mean, she's probably full of herself, but she deserves to be. Um, I fell in love with so many songs watching that show. Oh my God. The entrance to cruel summer is just badass. The way she walks out in that sequins, like bathing suit thing and like the, the sparkly boots and the way she stomps and walks and she's like like I'm nervous for her but I think isn't she nervous but she's not she's Taylor Swift these are her songs like she's she's so confident and I would be so nervous like there's so many people but I want to be her in a way I want to be her I want to be on that stage singing those songs in those outfits like I would love that honestly I there's a part of me that would just love to be in that spotlight. I think it would be so amazing. And then of course, I love her whole romance with uh, Travis Kelsey. By the way, we just found out that when she was at the Chiefs game, when she was there that first time, and we all saw her for the first time at the Chiefs game, this came out in her most recent, um, I think it's Vanity Fair, she's on the cover, um, whatever it was for um, person of the year. And no, that's people. But anyway, she was, I think it's Vanity Fair. Anyways, um, she revealed to us that they, that wasn't a first date. We all thought that was like a first date. No, they had secretly been dating for a little while, like a month. She said, at that point when I was at the Chiefs game, we were already a couple, but nobody knew that. So we're watching this thinking this is like <laughs> like her first date with him. And they show him on the field, like lovingly looking up at her, looking, trying to find her in the booth. And then he finds her and he just smiles. And we're all thinking, oh my God, it's a first date. No, they've been dating. They were, she said, we were a couple. I think they were already in love at that point. Oh my God. So now we see him on these TikToks at her concerts singing to the songs and she's saying she's singing the song um Karma and she throws in a lyric about him in the song Karma is the guy on the Chiefs who's coming home to me. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love it all. I love it all. I I eat this up and it makes me um like it fulfills everything I need for like being in a relationship. I don't ever need to be in a relationship because I have Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey to watch and I have all her songs and my daughter's calling me. Nope, don't call me right now. Um and I live vicariously through that. So anyways, I love her. I love her. Uh, my daughter left two hours into the movie and then my son showed up and watched part of it with me and then he left he was like good after one song but I will probably buy it online because I know you can buy it uh, I don't even know how you get it you stream it or something I don't know but I'll probably get it so I can watch it at home um yeah the era's tour oh and it's about it what it is if you don't know it's about five albums five albums that she apparently couldn't I don't think she went on tour for any of them because there was all this, um, there were like, uh, 
you know, like legal things going on with her music and somebody else buying her music. Um, so then she bought her, she got her music back by re-recording it and making little tiny changes and saying Taylor's ver version now. And so I think that's the story. But anyways, it's showing five different albums and all the hits off those albums. That's why the concert's so damn long. So she goes into each era, meaning each album that she hasn't performed performed for in the last I don't know five years so um it's moving just knowing that she had this you know this tough thing that she went through legally with her music like you can only imagine as an artist somebody got all the credit for your music and you're not getting paid for it like are you kidding me like that would be crazy and I didn't know this was going on I don't know if people that are really into her probably got that this was going on but I didn't know so it's so like I feel so proud of her that she got control again and it's her shit and like she's so proud of it and she's stomping her way on the stage with really fun dancers to have, by the way I love the dancers um there was this one guy from Hawaii with really long hair definitely a gay dude but loved watching him don't remember his name um okay let's see um Let's get into the trip really quick. Uh, we are 17 minutes in. I want to cut this off at a half an hour and finish up another podcast soon. I told you guys I would get up to number 100 before the end of the year. Today is the 21st, I think. Yep. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm I'm going to do another one before the end of the year for sure. Um, okay. Um, mm -mm. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm not going to talk about that yet. Yeah, I went to... Um, I went to Depeche Mode. I'm going to talk about that on the next one. Um, and I have some Netflix series that I wanted to talk about, but I'll do that in the next one too. So, oh, my dog wants to come in. Hold on. Come on, Finn. Come on. Yeah. Uh, maybe like in 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, so Joey and I went to New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah. Um, we had a grand time. I had so much fun traveling with my daughter. It was just effortless. It's like traveling with myself times two. It was just so easy. So easy. Uh, we get along great and we have fun together. And it really is like I made myself, but a younger version, I, but better. She's so funny. We have so much fun together. Um, and we went on a gator tour. We did that. Um, that was definitely a, a, uh, not what I thought. And I'm sure I wrote it on one of my something on Instagram and somebody who lives there, I think might've had their feelings hurt. Cause I kind of said it was like a ripoff, but I think it was the time of the year. They were kind of explaining there's more gators out in the summer. There was like nothing like we saw five and they were small and it took a long time to find them. And by the time we found them, they were like at the end of like a tributary kind of like you go up and down these like tributaries, like in the water, you know, and it was like all muck and everything at the end that were like covered in like stuff that falls in the water from the trees and they just kind of looked it was just boring like they weren't they weren't fun to look at at all they didn't do much at all uh, I one moved a little bit but like it was like wow that is it um they got some silly pictures of us oh but the boat the boat was fun it was fucking cold I mean it was like early in the morning I think our thing was at 9 15 and it was like 52 degrees the boat's going fast thank god I was wearing the appropriate jacket and stuff but um it was cold and the boat's really loud. They give you these headphones. It's like, yeah, you need them. Like that boat is really, really loud. It's an air boat. So it's like, um, got that big fan in the back. Uh, we were sitting with people who didn't ask questions and I felt bad for the lady that was running it. Cause she's like, any questions? And like barely anybody would ask anything. So I asked like 10 questions because I'm trying to make up for the fact that no one's asking anything. I mean, can you imagine like this is your job and like nobody seems to even care. So, um, 
anyways, that was fun. They took a picture of us. Um, like it's one of those silly, like they make you do it, you know, where you have to pose where they're like, look at the ground where there's a sticker of a gator on the ground, look scared. And they take that picture and then they superimpose uh, pretend gator in the picture, which is what I really thought we were going to see. I thought we were going to see giant gators like eating raw chicken. People had mentioned like that they throw marshmallows out to them. None of that was done. They, we didn't feed alligators. We didn't hold baby alligators with tape around their mouth. None of that happened. We looked at five tiny alligators in mucky water. I mean, it was like, that's it. I mean, really, but you know, it's an experience. I was with my daughter. Um, we ate beignets before we went there, which were delicious. Um, and, and then, oh my gosh, the jet lag, jet lag hit me because it was our, that was the first morning we were there. And as much as I think I can handle two hours, I don't know what it is. It hit me like it was the middle of the night when we were driving back, we were on a shuttle and I was like, oh my God, I have got to take a nap. Like my eyes, my, you could feel it. Like your eyelids start hurting and they're heavy. And you're like, cause I realized when we ate those beignets, we ate them at like five in the morning. It was like, you know, California time. We were up early. It was really early. And I thought I got enough sleep from the night before, but clearly I did not. Anyways, that was good. Um, still, I mean, ugh, I give it like oh, really a six out of 10, honestly, with the amount of what, you know, stuff we saw. The birds were pretty though. Um, Let's see. So Joey and I, uh, this is kind of funny. We go to this place called The Dungeon. Um, we got there way, way too early and there was this dude working there who's definitely in like his like 60s, white, longish hair, tall guy, kind of shirts open up, hairy kind of white hair on his chest. And he says, hey, we don't open until later, but if you guys want to come in, you can take a look. It's fine. I'm just getting stuff ready for later. It's going to get real busy later. So we're like, okay. So we, I, took some video as we walked in. Everything's basically basically painted black. This is a place she really wanted to go. It's a bar. Um, and we walk inside. It's very dark. It's a small bar. There's bar stools that are like cushioned, like round leather that, you know, you don't move. They're like stationary. Um, and then, uh, or were they square? It doesn't really matter. But anyways, he goes, go ahead and take a look. You can walk down. Then he told us, no video, please. No cameras, please. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. So he told us to put on a song on the jukebox. Go ahead and pick a song on the jukebox. So we're like, oh, okay. So we go to the jukebox. We're like, we have no, no money on us. I do Apple Pay for everything. So I'm like, well, how am I going to, uh, I don't want to tell him that I don't have a dollar, but I didn't. And I didn't really want to hear a song anyways. And I didn't want to spend a dollar anyways. So he comes over and he pushes some buttons and just, he goes, doesn't matter. Just any old song. So he puts some song in and he goes, come over here, have a seat on. Uh, and we're like, oh my God. I'm like, is he going to make us drink a drink with roofies in it too? Cause he's like kind of ordering us around. And both of us are like, okay, we're being really polite, like probably too polite, but, um, like we probably both kind of wanted to leave cause we thought it was a little odd, but we sit in these bar stools and the music starts playing and he says, just wait for it. Just wait for it. So finally the beat starts and the chairs are vibrating to the beat of the drum, like, bzz, 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 bzz. and we're like, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and we have to continue a conversation with the guy. He's like, how do you like that? Yeah. He goes, I had that installed like years ago. Took a lot. And he's going into all the detail about how he got these chairs hooked up with the music and we're feeling violated. Honestly, it felt really weird. Okay. That's not my daughter. Um, and she was like, in her head going, I feel like he's like literally hoping we'll get off or something like he was, it was gross. It was a super weird. So after like a minute of the music continuing and us sitting on chairs that are vibrating to the music and it's like a strong vibration. Um, 
like a motorcycle. It was very, it's, you feel weird. It's like, dude, you, you get what's happening here. Like this, you know what you're doing. You're gross. So, um, we finally took off, but I just, yeah, that was the dungeon. That was weird. We did not go back there. Um, we started, we did start off our night, start, start off our night at the vampire cafe, which was where she really wanted to go. Also, when we first landed, like we got to the hotel, we got ready and we went there. Uh, we were right in the French quarter, by the way. Um, and, it was chilly that night. The next two nights were hot, man. It was muggy and hot the next two nights. My hair looked like crap because all of my straight curls just out the window. But anyways, Vampire Cafe Cafe have these drinks that are um, in a like a uh, IV bag, and so you can get you can either get the sangria or the lemonade something. It's like vodka lemonade but it's got something red in it too. So I, we both chose that and you sip it, you squeeze the bag and sip it out of the hole, you know, the little spout at the top. So it's like you're drinking blood out of a, you know, IV bag. It, it's so fun. It made for some really fun pictures and how ironic I'm there for an HIV convention or whatever and a meeting and we're like drinking, you know, blood out of a bag, quote unquote. So that was really, um, that was very uh, fun. And, uh, the food was good there. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Good, lots of good ambiance, and I got some really cute pictures of Joey in there as well. Um, okay, so our meeting was great. I basically learned about the 340B program, and like I sat around a bunch of people from um, some from pharma companies, some are HIV advocates. There's blog spot writers, which I'm going to read one of his blog spots. That's what I'm going to title this um, podcast because what he points out about home testing is so uh, like uh, things I didn't even think about because I always just say test, just test, test it at home. But there are drawbacks to testing at home. So um, I will get into that in a second. So uh, anyways, there was there was a lot of people there, like 17 or 18, I was not, not a lot, but I would say 17 or 18 of us. Um, and what else do I want to say about that? Um, I felt really stupid. They were, everybody there was so incredibly smart and, um, I didn't say anything for two days. I literally just sat there and listened because their intelligence level is so high and they know so much about this program. It's been around since 1992. It's for low income to no insurance type people who need medication. And so it's basically um, charity care that's there for people, but people are unaware of it. And this money, unfortunately, because there's not enough transparency with the programs and it's like it, these programs are in so many different, um, I think they call them HSHRAs, HRS, oh shoot, I can't remember, health service associations, maybe, that, maybe that's it. Anyways, so many different, um, what do they call them? Oh, entities use these and this grant money. Um, but some are kind of, um, audited and some aren't. So what happens is unfortunately is a lot of times is this money gets funneled the wrong way and it gets into the hands of the executives and it's not given to the people who actually need it. And this is what they're trying to make people aware that you need to ask for this discount. And, um, because most entities, most health providers 
have this kind, especially if you're low income, they have this, this funding available to them and patients need to know it's there. They need to advocate for themselves and ask for it because they, there are so many, I guess they say medical debt is like the second most biggest debt in, in the, in the U S I don't even know what number one is, but medical debt is number two. And so they basically said that this is a major problem and that people are, you know, having to decide whether to pay their medical debt or put food on the, on their table. And this is so unfair when this money is actually there, but it's not being used properly. So this whole discussion for two days was, I don't even know, like it wasn't even dumbed down enough for me to like really get what they were talking about. Like I understood why we were there. I understood about the 340B plan or program, but I like their, the way that they talked, I, it was just, it was super intelligent, like lawyer speak. Like I, I couldn't even, the, the lady sitting next to me actually was a lawyer. She was so nice. We talked about Taylor Swift. That's all I could relate to her on, on because I couldn't talk about this 340B stuff, but people understood that I shouldn't really be able to contribute a lot. And Jen, who ran the program, Jen is a he. Jen is a trans man. So it's confusing when I say Jen, just so you know, Jen is a he. So when he, you know, at one point I said to Jen, I, you know, I want to be able to use this in my advocacy, but I don't know a real like layman's way to do it. Can we talk about that at some point? So Jen said, absolutely. Like, that's what we want to utilize you for. And we want to and pay me to like, you know, have a way to have this come across more like you know, at my level, the way I can explain it to somebody, the way somebody who has like, not the intelligence of these people, right? Because I don't, um, you know, be able to explain it to people that would normally not know about this program and could go and um, advocate for themselves and ask for it. So anyways, one of the people that was there, so that's basically what it was about. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm always glad to be invited to these things. It's like such an honor, especially when I'm sitting there listening to all these like, very smart people talk. And I'm like, why am I? <laughs> but I just keep smiling and enjoying the free food. I mean, everybody's super nice. So, um, Rainier Simmons, Simons, I knew I was going to say that wrong. Um, he's an ADAP blog guest contributor. He was there. I did not realize he was so nice. I did not realize until after the convention or it's not a convention after the meeting that, uh, he wrote a bunch of these blogs that I always link. You know, I always put these ADAP links to um, the blogs that I, you know, I put them on my Instagram story. He writes a bunch of them. And I had no idea until after I got home and then I put it all together and I said, oh my gosh, Rainier, I had no idea that you were the one who wrote these. And I had actually printed one out prior to the trip telling him that I wanted to speak about this on my on my next podcast. And so I am, it's called HIV testing opportunities and challenges. It says, okay, this is by Rainier. Hi Rainier for listening. He said that he was subscribed now <laughs> and he, he's considering starting a podcast. And I said that I would, um, help him however, with whatever help he needs. So, um, in the fight to eradicate HIV in the United States, testing is a fundamental and indispensable tool. Testing is the gateway to treatment and prevention. Very true. Um, it is the only way to identify those who are HIV positive, not only to get them into timely, appropriate care and treatment, but also prevent transmission to others with undetectable equals untransmittable equals you equals you, um, not equals you equals you, just, <laughs> just you equals you. Unfortunately, about 13% of people in the United States living with HIV slash AIDS, people living with HIV are unaware of their status. 13%. 
So whereas HIV self-testing has helped to overcome this barrier, it hasn't been without its own challenges. So these challenges I had never really thought of, and I thought it would be good to bring it up in a podcast. Uh, It says many people do not test for a myriad of reasons. Some do not have access to testing facilities due to transportation issues or lack of availability in their area. Stigma and fear hinders others. So, so true. Presently, some still fear being seen in a clinic and a testing clinic by people in their community. Also true. While others feel fear receiving a positive result result. Cost is a barrier to those who lack healthcare insurance and do not have access to free clinics. So to increase HIV testing, medical science has developed exceptionally effective HIV self-testing. It has been an invaluable tool. HIV self-testing in the past required painful finger fricks. (laughs) Hello, finger pricking to draw blood. Now there are oral self-testing kits such as OraQuick that only require swabbing of the mouth and gums. Self-testing kits are much more affordable than going into doctor's offices for blood work. They're um, They're about 50 bucks here in California. They also allow people to test in the privacy of their own homes and ensure their confidentiality. Moreover, some organizations provide free testing kits for those who can't afford to purchase the over the counter ones. As beneficial as HIV self-testing kits are in, an, in attempting to normalize testing, especially in high-risk groups, there are downsides. Testing in private means that there are people who will be alone when they receive a positive result. Um, si- and I always think, oh, well, they give you a number that you can call, right? But more into that. Um, Self-tests such as OraQuick provide a 24-hour hotline for people to use for support and guidance concerning a positive or negative result. However, for some, that is not enough. A positive result's psychological gravity could be too overwhelming for someone to handle alone speaking with a support person over the phone. Studies have shown that people living with HIV are 100 times more likely to commit suicide. Oh, that's going to get me crying. Um, than the general population in a clinical setting trained uh, ugh, get it, ugh. in a clinical setting trained support professionals are available to help navigate a positive diagnosis moreover a support hotline number is not guaranteed to be utilized there's a risk that people will deal with the diagnosis in a vacuum so self-testing also does not all always result in people seeking treatment doctors see that's the thing like they don't like they're if they get the result at home it's just them that knows it doesn't mean like if you get a result through um, a doctor's office a lot happens after that you're reported to the the county for for one and you become a statistic um and that they are going to now try to get you into care they're going to want to know who they need to reach out to who you've been in contact with there's a lot of things that happen after a positive result and a lot of it is very overwhelming and very unfortunate for the person that just got diagnosed with hiv because you do feel you feel like a villain just the fact that you have to give names you're now a number um it's an awful feeling. It really is truly an awful feeling. Awful feeling. You, God, why can't I say feeling? Feeling, not filling. Okay. Self-testing also does not always result in people seeking treatment. Doctors recommend people confirm a positive self-test with clinical blood work. Um, this is, to, and that is true. They want to like confirm, confirm with blood work. Like you can do an Oraquick 
and you could be positive. I have yet to have that happen to anybody who's reached out to me through the almost eight years that I've been doing advocacy. No one's been positive. Um, but a doctor would want to confirm it with blood work after, like if you went into an office and said, I got a positive at home, they'd want, obviously they're going to do follow-up blood work to make sure that it is positive and they're going to get a viral load and a CD4 count. Um, this is to verify the results and facilitate the swift initiation of an antiviral, <laughs> I usually say antiretroviral, but he says antra, antiviral medication regimen. It's, it's the same thing. Um, studies show, so yeah, they want to get you into treatment. So if you're at home and decide not to do anything about it, you know, there are people that will do that and want to just pretend it didn't happen. And so those people may continue to infect others. So studies show that some people do not seek out and initiate HIV treatment after a positive result, positive test result. This can result in poor health, can, poor health outcomes from progression. Obviously, they will get more sick um, into later stages of HIV disease or AIDS. Additionally, um, lack of treatment can result in additional virus transmission to others, which is, yeah, I was just saying that. Self-testing also has potential adverse effects on those testing negative. Interesting. So this is about all of the people that test negative. Research shows that self-testing does not facilitate behavior modification in those who test negative. So it doesn't change someone's sexual behavior just because they got a negative result. They're not all of a sudden going to go, oh, okay, I got a negative. I'm going to start using condoms. They might be like, damn, I, I didn't get it. I'm good to go. I'm going to keep going. Um, for example, data indicates that self-testing increases incidences of condomless sex condomless anal sex among men who have sex with men. Receiving a negative test result in a clinical setting provides the opportunity for discussion on ways to stay negative, right? Like that, that professional, that uh, medical professional will speak to the person on how, okay, great, you're negative now, but let's talk about ways that you can continue to stay negative, where that would obviously not happen if you were home alone. This can include behavior modification as well as initiation of PrEP. And of course, we are talking about the highest risk sex, which is male to male sex or MSM. Um, HIV self self testing reduces linkage to care by about 17%. So those that are testing at home, 17% reduces linkage to getting more care is what they're saying. The lack of linkages to care not only impacts patients and their own health care, but also the community at large, for sure. Um, in the U equals U era of fighting the HIV epidemic, linkages to care are of paramount importance. Of course they are, because we can now tell them you can't transmit this once you're on treatment and you will stay healthy. Therefore, it needs to remain a part of wide-ranging prevention efforts and needs targeted additional support. Self-tests can result in more people being tested. However, uncovering the population of unknown positive individuals cannot be the sole focus. Stimulating additional positive outcomes from self-testing will require in innovation to bolster support. So I, I just think that that was really um, interesting to read. And I didn't think about those other elements of testing at home that you don't have somebody there to talk to you immediately. Um, you don't have somebody there doing additional testing. If you are positive, you might just let it go. And then you don't get into care, you're not on treatment. And of course, if you're negative, you might think, hey, woo, I can just keep doing what I'm doing and um, not 
finding out ways to continue to stay negative, which is really important. So I thank you, Rainier. I'm going to be reading more of his blog spots. I thought that one was great. Um, I'm going to wrap this one up for now. And I will, oh, if you have any questions about any of that, please feel free to write them in my YouTube comments, any questions you have about anything, and I can try to answer them. Um, I also do um, support people through my uh Posly, oh my gosh, I'll put the, the links in my bio. I always have it there. Um, my link tree is there. Um, if you want my one-on-one -on -one, um, support, I do that for 20 bucks. So everything else is free, but if you want my personal support and a risk assessment, I'm happy to do that. Um, that is it for now. I will be back soon, I promise. I hope everybody's doing well and getting ready for the holidays. Oh, I'm not ready at all. Okay, bye guys. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.